Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Monday, Monday. So good to me. Neighbor Billy, man, is this is this uh, putting you in the mood? Love it, bombs. Here we go, boys. Welcome back, everyone. And thanks so much for listening to another entertaining and enlightening installment of Geoholics Anonymous. I'd be remiss if I didn't take a second to thank Diamondback Land Surveying for being the premier sponsor of our home away from home, being, of course, the aptly named Diamondback Land Surveying Studio. So thanks to Trent Keenan. Good dude. Great company. If you ever get a chance to work with those guys, please take full advantage of it. PJ, tell us about that opening number, a unique one there. Sure, yeah. That was uh, Monday, Monday, the Mamas and the Papas, um, American folk rock vocal group formed in Los Angeles, California, which recorded and performed from 1965 to 1968. Uh, the group is the finding force in the music scene of the ca- counterculture of the 1960s. Uh, the Mamas and the Papas released five studio albums and 17 singles over four years, six of which made the Billboard Top 10 and have sold close to 40 million records worldwide. The band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998 for its contributions to the music industry. Uh, some of their most popular singles include California Dream Monday, Monday, and dedicated to the one I love. Wow. I, you know, I'm, I don't have a mama's and papa's story. Normally, I like can have a story about Ma- every single Mama time. Cass. Mama Who? Cass. Who's Mama Cass? Mama Cass is what? one of the mamas and the papas. Oh, I, this she one is supposedly like, died. Eat, uh, you never heard this? No. Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> she supposedly, she's the bigger, heavier one. Okay. And Wilson Phillips, yes. one of her, the, the Carney. Yep. I think that's her daughter, you know. Oh, you know? really? I oh, yeah. So Wilson Phillips is Papa John Phillips, okay. and, and I think Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. So oh. that's Wilson Phillips. But nonetheless, she was a big woman, uh-huh. Mama Cass, and supposedly she died choking on it, eating a ham sandwich. Oh my! God. <laughs> I was going to say something else. As the story goes, yeah. No, not a, not a. He's that's terrible. <laughs> All right. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, this is our completely unscripted, formatted discussion with amazing people that have great stories, and this episode is no different. In fact, I've been looking forward to the opportunity to schedule this one for quite some time. But before we get to that, let's introduce everybody else that is in with us this evening. Of course, we have producer Jake. What's up, PJ? Anything new with you? How's it going? No, um, nothing new. Uh pretty cool thing happened today though that uh i actually didn't know about was happening and i came here and you were you were talking about it i'm talking about the spacex launch um civilians into into orbit so there's four or five civilians there all living they're going to be up there for three days in this 13 foot capsule um named resilience so pretty cool that uh this big big summer for space we had virgin galactic blue origins and spacex all launch regular people like you and i into space so this is we're going to remember this summer for a while when we're all on Mars. I, I have a chubby. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> At least thicker. <laughs> Wider. Don't get me started. Uh, so obviously we've got neighbor Billy with us again this evening. 
Yes. What's up, man? It's been it's been what probably a month? Yeah, a month ago or so that we weeks. recorded. I'm gonna say three weeks. Yeah, I three think weeks. your last episode is pretty close to like four hundred downloads, I think. The audience demands it. Yes, of course. We get emails every day. Every day. It's I'm crazy. thinking about getting my own Instagram now. You should. Neighbor uh, at neighbor Billy. Twitter. I don't do the Twitter Twitter, so I gotta get on the Twitter. Yeah. How <laughs> else are your fans gonna engage with you? And then we were actually thinking about we were like texting about this. Uh Tribbydoobie.com and, you know, you know, a couple of different things, for, you know, that I can protect. Good, good uh, branding opportunities. I think there. the marketing opportunity uh, is like off the charts there. And then Patrick, we're thinking about like where we live, Ken and I are neighbors and it's 7th Street. It's pretty active. We're going to put a Billy board. Can, oh, I, wow. Ken and I up there? Like yeah, that, they right? can see it on 7th Street. So as they're going up and down. You know, All right. I have to ask 7th Street and what? Because I'm only been here for three years and. I think 7th Street is downtown. It's, Not, well, uh, it's, it's everywhere because <laughs> we're built as a grid. Like 20 miles long? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, we're on a grid here. So we're between uh, Glendale and Northern. Uh, it's kind of in the proximity oh, okay. where we are. Along 7th Street, yeah. But 7th Street goes, I, I guess, all the way down to South Mountain. And who fucking knows how north it goes? I know. It goes forever. And well, far. until it hits the mountains, it doesn't go around. They go, well, yeah. no, it goes around the mountains up there, actually. Probably. Yes, it does. Maybe. It does. Well, thanks for being here. Billy. Well, thanks for inviting me. It. Uh, it's a, a pleasure. Yep, yep. A pleasure is always. Pleasure is ours, let's say. I know, but I can't wait to hear Patrick's story because I was reading up about it, and I kind of want to play you in uh, ping pong. Uh, well, let's get oh. to that. Let's get to <laughs> wait a minute. Now. Okay, let, let's get this straight. Ping pong is a game. Table tennis is a sport. Uh, well, I want to play you a beer pong. I, 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 oh, there you go. Beer pong would be good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get that uh, that voice introduced. Uh, with us this evening, we have Patrick McDonald. A little bit about Patrick. He's born in San Jose, California. He is a self-proclaimed foodie, so he loves to cook. Funny thing is, he's never had me over for dinner. Spends a ton of time volunteering to help support any adaptive program programs and works closely with American 300 traveling to military bases to share his story. Passionate about talking openly about suicide with our troops as that is a leading cause of death and says that negativity stagnates while positivity generates. I love that. He is a dad and husband first, but is also on the 2020 U.S. wheelchair mixed doubles team. Hope they got that right. And speaking, yep. speaking of curling, Patrick has participated in six wheelchair curling world championships, two Paralympics. He's played basketball with the Sacramento Rolling Kings, is an avid golfer, and get this, holds the world record for the longest drive from a wheelchair being 358 yards. Oh, That's my gosh. Unbelievable. Is that insane? I can't do that. In addition, I can't do that normal. <laughs> in addition, and uh, something we cannot uh, cannot. Uh, Phil, to mention is that he's also a military veteran. So, Patrick, first of all, thank you, thank for, your you for your service. Thank you for your service. And uh, thank you for joining us this evening. We're uh, super excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. So I've, you've got an amazing story. And, you know, I, I titled this one, you know, Patrick is the definition of resilience and persistence. And I've known you for, gosh, I don't know, probably five years now as a result of curling. You know, we met at the Coyotes Curling Club yep. and got to know each other and got to know your family and just an amazing, amazing story. So I, I'm, I'm hoping you'll share it with us just a little bit. You can go into as much detail as you'd like, but um Let's talk about the early years. I mean, you know, you mentioned before the show that you had just talked to your uh, your dad today, I believe. How? Uh, yeah. What does what, what is what are the early years of Patrick McDonald's life look like? Um. 
my early years, God, uh, mom and dad are hippies, um, surfers. I, so basically I grew up surfing, uh, raced dirt bikes out in the desert, motocross, um, just digging life. And then, uh, that one quote that you mentioned earlier, um, my grandfather, uh, on my dad's side, he lost his leg in D-Day and he told me when I was around, God, it must have been about nine or 10 years old. Um, and actually it was over a Grolsch <laughs> and I still have that bottle by the way. Oh, wow. Um, he just explained to me that, you know, life is everything. Negativity stagnates, positivity generates, and you got to do what you got to do. And, wow. um, you know, uh, I've been trying to do that my whole life. Um, so, uh, you know, digging life, doing what I need to do. And then the military, um, he was also a, a Cav Scout and stuff. So, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to be John Wayne riding a horse mm. in the cavalry, wearing silver spurs and all that stuff. So I also wanted to do that. Um, and, uh, before the military, you know, just kind of hung out, did my thing. Um, believe it or not, uh, I went to nanny college. Um, yeah, that was late nineties, right before the military. So 88, 89, uh, went to, uh, there back then there was, uh, 28 nanny colleges in the United States. I was the second male graduate out of the four in California. Um, my certification is no longer valid, but back <laughs> you're then, a nanny. Is this what we're talking about? Once. Yes. And yeah. actually I was like, uh, look over kids. I graduated. Yes. I, I was actually a certified midwife. And, and did you go away wow. for this? I got to ask a couple of questions. I mean, what's the guy to girl ratio is you and 99 other women, a nanny college. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it was like, right there in the Bay area. You like those um, odds, right? Boom. You can't winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't have you to know? work it's the opposite <laughs> it was amazing you know i i wanted to to be uh something important to to kids and uh people to you know i don't know just uh share the what life is all about and um you know it was cool i never really yeah. uh, i did do a live-in nanny gig for a while um and then I went into the military uh, right after uh, my cooking stuff. How long was the nanny gig? Uh, about nine months. Really? Nine months, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Uh, the family was cool. Uh, they lived in the Las Gatas Mountains, uh, ritzy area, I guess. Um, but it was cool. You know, I got to hang out, had my own quarters. and you stay um, for free nice. and they pay you, right? Oh, yeah. And even back then, um, the pay wasn't bad. Yeah. Are there still nanny colleges? I'm not sure. I never even knew there was a nanny yes, college. Is. Is I, right? I, I had no idea when you said nanny college. I'm like, what the hell are you talking so about? So interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time I ever nanny heard of that. Yeah. So you, uh, you, yeah. you, know, you got through nanny. Four years. Nanny. I mean, I got, how many years nanny college? <coughs> uh, mine was 18 months. 18 months. So you got through mm -hmm. that, you know, you had a nanny gig for you, like you said, like nine months. What was the motivation or the, de the decision-making process to, uh, to join the military? Um, just to be a Cav Scout, have my silver spurs like my grandfather. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that was also back um, in the late 80s when uh, the military actually went, the Cav Scouts actually went uh, on dirt bikes and dune buggies and things like that. And since I had my motocross and desert racing background, um, you know, why not? Right. 
Right. And then there was uh, that, that fateful day when um, there was a mishap. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah. We're going to back up just a second because um, Bill said he didn't have a mom and the papa story. I have one small one. Oh, let's hear oh, it. Oh, no way, <laughs> man. And, and it kind of might have, it might have changed my, my, my destiny. I don't know. Oh, wow. Um, wow. The, the day that I was leaving uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky, um, I was uh, part of the unit and I was 23 and a half years old and everybody else was like 18, 19 and 20. Um, so I wanted to leave everybody was leaving in taxis or getting on the military bus or whatever and uh so i ordered a, a limousine and uh told him i wanted the sunroof open i wanted a bucket of coronas and i wanted california dreaming blaring as he pulled up uh, wow I, I think david lee is, roth is though <laughs> david lee roth california dreaming right california girls uh, <laughs> oh no mom is in the papa's baby that's uh, the only, only version i need yeah um but the bad thing is, is that I was in front of the captain's quarters, the, the office. And uh, when the limousine pulled up, uh, music was blaring. And he comes out <laughs> and goes, what the hell's going on? And I said, I'm leaving, sir. It's time for me to go. He goes, no, McDonald, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, where am I going? I, I got to leave. And he goes, nope, you're staying here with me. So I did not get over to uh, the first desert storm. Um, I was his, his driver and uh, I drove him around uh, until we went to Korea. Well, and then after about a month and a half, he, uh, he left and he left me in Korea. <laughs> How did you make your way back home then? Come on now. How did I make it back home? Yeah. Uh, I was attached to a unit and we were patrolling the DMZ and, um, my driver was 18 and he thought that uh, he, I don't know if he knew how, even knew how to drive. We were in an M113 and we went off an embankment. The ground gave away and we rolled. I was in the back. Um, and when we rolled, we rolled backwards this way. And I just happened to be sitting on the, uh, the supply box and that was not properly strapped down. And so when we rolled, I got crushed underneath it. And broke T4, 5, T4 through L1. Um, and uh, went black for a little while. Minutes, I guess. I don't know. Um, and Private Gillum was on top of the box. And he said, shit, Pat's going to die. And so he jumped off, lifted it up with one hand, pulled me out with the other. Um, and he got a medal for that because he saved me. Uh, but they ended up weighing the box, and it was about 1,300 pounds. Oh, my God. Um, it wasn't like a Matco yeah. toolbox. Wow. Oh, my God. No, it, it was. And I was the only one that got hurt. Driver jumped clean. Oh. Um, the guy in the TC hatch jumped clean and just basically just left us. Um, but we didn't flip all the way over. We didn't roll it. We just kind of rolled it all the way over to the to the top side of it. Oh. Um, so they medevaced me back to the 121 EVAC hospital there in Seoul. Um, dropped me off and funny thing about that is is that they rolled me in and once you roll into those doors you're treated just like anybody that walks through the uh, emergency room doors mm. so they rolled me behind these curtains or whatever they want to call them the each bay or whatever and uh, i just laid there and 
I, they say it was probably about an hour, but finally I just started yelling going, you know, is anybody going to help me? Where is anybody? Wow. And somebody pulled back the curtains and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I just came in on the helicopter and I just kind of turned and went, we found him. Here he is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh man. Crazy. That's, um, it's like a mash episode. Unreal. <laughs> so, Any reason they no, take you to like a? I guess do we have like a, a base there in, in Seoul that we would take you to like a like a military base okay. for medical attention or? Because it sounds like yeah, the one two one evac hospital is the biggest hospital in Seoul. Oh, okay, Unreal. I was so, stationed. I was actually stationed in Camp Casey, which is the second most north um, base uh, in Korea. Gotcha. So at that point in time, then, like, what was what was the what was the next thing you remember happening? And like, when when did you come to the realization about the, uh, you know, the seriousness of the the injury that you sustained? Um, it it took a while. Sorry, here's Carrie getting my ice pack on my shoulder. Um, it 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 took a while. Um, but I wasn't sure what was going on. Um. And as far as I know, still today, um, is what they do is, is that when you have a spinal cord injury, um, you get a, a small shot of a steroid, uh, and it helps with swelling around the injured part of the spine. Um, nowadays, it's um, optional. It's up to the patient if they're um, coherent and awake. Um, but working hand-in-hand with the South Korean military, um, you basically get whatever doctors on charge. So when the doctor finally came in, it was a South Korean doctor. Um, his English wasn't the greatest, but um, so his shorthand looked like two shots a day instead of just one shot. And on November 15th, I started the shots that he wanted me to have. Um, and I was getting two a day every day. Um, and then on uh, Christmas Eve, six weeks later, I had a pulmonary embolism because of the overdose of steroids. Wow. And I uh, flatlined for about five and a half minutes. Oh my goodness, man. Oh, I'm sorry. That's unbelievable. Unreal. Unreal. So I got to, ha- I got to hang out there for, um, and that's the bad thing is I got to hang out there for a lot longer because um, we're supposed to medevac serious injuries mm-hmm. every Wednesday. And, that was Christmas Eve and November 15th. I didn't get back to the States until, uh, because of the pulmonary embolism, um, I think I didn't even get back until like the first week of February. Jeez. Unbelievable. Any reason yeah. you weren't seen by, well, I think you might've touched on it briefly, but why weren't you seen by an American military doctor? Cause we work hand in hand with them. Mm. Okay. So it's just and it's a military like, like if it was a different day, it was possible it could have been an American doctor, but just at this time it was. Yeah, if they would have if they would have found me uh, behind the curtain less than forty five minutes, then yeah, I, I could have had anybody. That's possible. Okay, gotcha. So you like um, twelve I, minutes? Wow. Um, so like I I when I was younger in college, got in a really bad car accident, you know, broke both my legs. My arm was in the hospital for four months, had to learn how to walk again, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah. That's got truth. And, uh, I mean, I can remember laying in that hospital bed cause I was like literally, you know, five different surgeries and I'm not trying to make this about me, but where I'm going with this is I can remember so many different days laying in that bed, you know, just 
the the emotional roller coaster is what well, or was ridiculous. You know, you're like, first of all, why me? And then you start, you feel sorry for yourself. I can't go on, blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, you know, that the flip a uh, switch flips, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm gonna beat this, and blah blah blah. I mean, talk talk about the emotional roller coaster that you had to ride for quite some time. Um. Yeah. After that happened, then I think that was probably one of the times that I actually got you know, the, the holy shit, you know, what's really happening. Um, and, but once I got medevac back, um, you know, they, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to send you to Walter Reed. And I'm like, well, I have an idea. Maybe we should go to Palo Alto VA. Mm. And they were like, well, that's in California. And I said, yeah. And it's also about 20 minutes from my parents' house. Right. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. So once I knew that I went there, um, I think that was a little bit of a relief. And I was able to have that support staff of the family and friends. Um, and I knew that, uh, I don't know, I just, I just knew that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I've got so much to do, man. Yeah. It's, it, it was just one of those things. As soon as I got to Palo Alto, um, the spinal cord unit is probably one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like flyers and posters of, um, snow skiing, basketball, um, track and field, all of that. And it was like, literally, holy shit. I want to fucking do that. That that's right there. How do I do that? Yeah. And they're like, well, um, you know, there, there there's a long process. You've only been here for a couple of weeks. Um, but we're gonna, um, we're gonna get you to that point. I'm like, I want that now screw this. And, um, and then I went through my initial rehab and normally initial rehab back then was probably about eight, nine, 10 months. Um, mine was 32 days. Um, and they teach you everything, how to go downstairs, how to go upstairs. Mm. Um, and I changed their way of thinking and, um, showed them how to go downstairs better. But, better is also not good because there's a chance of falling. Mm. Um, but I think that, um, you know, you, you just have to do you, I mean, life is an adventure and you want to play. If I can't play, I don't want to do it, yep. but every day I get to wake up and play and, um, just life is, is amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What an unbelievable attitude. And it sounds like, you know, you, right out of the gate, just like you said, I mean, you made a decision in your mind that this is, this is not going to hold me back. If anything, I'm going to excel. And I know one of your goals, um, and it may still be to this day, but I remember reading something that one of your goals was, or is to, you know, win a, uh, uh, an Olympic medal, Paralympic medal in both the summer and winter games. Correct. Yes. Still a goal. Still a goal. I'm uh, Oh yeah. It's, oh, it's just still a goal. Yep. Yeah. And those are those things, you know, um, that, that you can't, you can't justify to yourself, um, when a feeling comes over you. Um, I was playing, uh, I was playing table tennis and I really wanted to go to Beijing in 2008 and, um, I changed sports with like three months to go. Hmm. Um, yeah. And and it just, it was probably the biggest mistake I ever made. Um, but 
those are those, those things, you know, it's something that, that just grabs you and just says, Hey, we need to do this. Yeah. And, and it's just not explainable. I mean, if I didn't change sports, um, I probably, uh, would have went to Beijing and, uh, hopefully made a medal. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily about the medal. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that you got to do sure. uh, for you, you know, um, what made you change with, with such a short amount of time to go till Beijing? I fell in love with the, with another sport. What sport it was, was that? just so much shooting. Shooting. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ten, ten meter air rifle. Um, and I did a lot of shooting in the military, but, um, it was just, you know, you got a 50 cent piece size at 33 feet. Um, and the rifles, that we use um i mean they're compressed air you have to go to a scuba place to get them done Six thousand psi and i mean it, it just kind of it just kind of made my nipples tingle <laughs> when i read in the in the manual that this rifle with six thousand psi is highly deadly at 200 meters and then i just wanted to know you know what a pellet gun take somebody down at 200 meters i don't know but i just wanted to do it um so things change i didn't go to beijing um and then that was still the time that when i was golfing and that was cool too yeah and then how did we obviously we mentioned the whole curling thing earlier how did how did that happen how did you uh how, how did you find out that that was something that you could excel at that was something that um was one of the the winter Olympic things. Um, so for summer name, the sport, it's just like the Olympics, um, track field swimming. There's so many different classifications, sit volleyball, um, rugby, just name it. I mean, it's, it's there. Um, but in the winter, there's only back then there was only four sports, um, sled hockey, curling, skiing and cross country. Oh, and biathlon kind of goes into the category of skiing. Um, and honestly, I've been skiing my whole chair life. Um, but knowing that at the age that I was and, um, the bone disease and stuff like that, it was like, yeah, you know what? I can ski any double black Hmm. run on the planet. Um, I could probably get down without crashing, but when you put a stopwatch on it, um, yeah, no, I, I'm not even going to bother with that. Yeah. Um, I love shooting, but I, I just don't like cross country skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, and sled hockey it's is the worst type the of skiing. Guys. Let's just put it out there. Cross country skiing is the worst type <laughs> of skiing. <laughs> oh, I hate I, Yeah. I, I don't like it at all. Um, but then I saw curling and it, it it's a faux pas. It's a, cliche it's a it's whatever it's it's like oh yeah i've seen that on tv i think i can do it um and that's exactly what i thought (laughs) so um i ended up having uh milwaukee the veterans wheelchair games is probably the second largest sporting event on the planet um minus the paralympics and uh there was curling as an exhibition sport and so I called up my local curling 
club I founded online and said, Hey, I want to do this. Um, and just found some really cool people and they got me going. And then I went and met the coach and, uh, in Milwaukee for the exhibition and all that. And I said, I want to do it. And he was like, well, sign up for nationals, come out and do it. Um, and the rest is history. Wow. You know, it's so interesting. I don't remember this or not, but there was a, a bond spiel at the Coyotes curling club and I curled with you and Steve Ampt and I think, um, Andy on a team. And, uh, I mean, it, it was an absolute blast. And if, if you remember this, I think like maybe it was one of the manufacturers of some, you know, like new wheels you were trying out or something was videoing it. And then I was actually in the commercial or whatever that video was for oh, the that, wheels. Was here, that was here in Arizona. It was in Arizona. Yeah. I, I, they need eye candy. Yeah, it was here in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spin, yeah, tech. Yep. Yep. That's what it was. That's what that it was. Commercial yeah. still airs. Yeah. Does it really? Oh, Did you sign a release? Yeah. I need some royalties. Did you sign a release? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, you all money, man. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't think anybody got anything. Out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, in all seriousness, no, I mean, you know, your, your connection with, with curling and I mean, you, you, you know, you've dove into that head first and, uh, and, and have, haven't stopped. And now your daughter is, uh, is also very competitive. Um, I mean, it's a huge part of, uh, you and your family's life. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, uh, like I said, you know, I did, uh, 09, 2010 from California. Um, and then I did, uh, my right shoulder was bothering me and, uh, right after the 2011 nationals, um, I had an MRI done and went and did that. Um, and they were like, yeah, dude, I don't even know how you're moving your arm. It's, wow. it's toast. You don't even have a supraspinatus tendon attached. You don't even have a bicep tendon. Um, and the head of your humeral is just, it's toast. It's broken apart. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. So what are you saying? And the doctor goes, um, you're done. We're going to do a whole replacement. I think that was probably the hardest Wow. phone call I had to make. Huh. Um, me and Carrie sat in the, the parking lot at the, at the hospital for, Oh God, about 20 minutes or so. And, um, she, she was like, you have to make the call. And I'm like, you know, I just, I, I don't know if I can. Um, I think I can play through it. And she said, no, make the call. So I called the coach and just said, I just got done with the doctors and I'm done for the season. I, I can't do it. And um, the assistant coach at the time was funny. He was like, yeah, but can't you uh, just have them snip the bicep tendon and the supraspinatus kind of like what John Elway did in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, because he gets up and walks around and I got to push my chair. So, no. Uh, yep. So I feel that that's probably the, the, I, I know it's life is all about you and you got to do what you do. Um, but making that phone call was probably the most difficult thing I've ever done. Cause I, I felt like I, my shoulder fell apart and I'm, I was letting my team down. Mm, wow. 
Tough one there for sure. Tough one. I know we were talking before the show that you're you're pretty emotional uh, in general. You cry in uh, Hallmark commercials. Uh, how did oh, you? Yeah. How did how did how did <laughs> how did you emotionally just kind of keep it together? You mentioned your wife Carrie, of course. I mean, she. They say, of course, you know, behind every great man is an even uh, a, a greater woman, and, and it definitely sounds like that's the case for you as well. Um. Yeah, that was that was in San Francisco and we had to drive all the way back to Sacramento. Um, and she let me drive and trying to focus on the road kind of took away that, um, that brain process of what I was about to do and um, not doing anything uh, for over a season. So that was, I'm kind of glad that she did that way I could just kind of focus on something else. Um, but then we got the, the lowdown on how, uh, somebody in a chair is going to deal with a, a shoulder replacement mm. and, uh, somebody in a chair in their arm in a sling, pushing a chair one handed. Mm. Yeah. All you're doing is going in circles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she took a year sabbatical. She's a teacher, was a teacher. And uh, she took the year off and took care of me. And then uh, the coaches were like, hey, now that you're healed up, this is the next season. Um, why don't you uh, move to Wisconsin and rehab that shoulder and throw stones every day? Um, and I just, I looked at her and I was like, you know what? I mean, what are you thinking? And she said, well, I can take another year sabbatical. I can extend it. Um, and we can go and see what happens. Um, so yeah, so I packed up two kids, um, moved to Wisconsin in January, mind you. Oh, geez. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically is what I did was, is I, I went to the curling club and got an old school paper map and a compass. And I just made a circle around the curling club, no more than five miles. Um, and I found a house and all I did for the first two years was literally go from my bed, get dressed, go to the curling club and back home. Wow. Carrie went and did the shopping and all of that. And that's wow. all I did. I don't know a whole lot about Madison other than if it's not near the curling club, I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> University of Wisconsin, dude. Madison is 40,000 college students, what you got. Yes, they do. And I found that out. Um, I could have told you that in before. 2016. When you were yeah. prospecting. I wanted to ask Kent, though. Kent, when was the last time you had a good cry? A good cry? Yeah. You know, yeah. with Nicholas Sparks, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a bad bet. <laughs> bad bet. Yeah, that, that was that was probably it. Uh, probably that three hundred bucks I lost on Duke a couple weekends ago. Yeah, no, that's a great question. That's a great question. A, um, Did you see me cry, Jake? The uh, what about when chasing bubbles? I I that. cried in that movie. Yeah. I did. For I was sure. gonna say after we've talked about a couple movies, Jason Bubbles. Yeah, what the hell's that? If you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. We'll send you the link to it. It's, like, on, yeah. you, it's on YouTube. How long, so it's how a long documentary. is it? How long? 
It's no more than it's maybe like an hour, 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 hour and a half. It's pretty yeah. short, but you gotta watch it. That's probably you know what? That's a good point, Jake. That's probably cry. the last time I shed I, some tears. That was the last time I shed I, some tears. I'm not gonna so. cry, guaranteed. Uh, if you, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what you well enough. I get well dubbed. Well dubbed, Jordan's. You know, Nicholas Sparks. You know, really? Twilight, uh, Twilight, you'll, you'll, Twilight movies. You'll cry. Marley and me. Oh my god, Twilight. Are you kidding? <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> Marley and me was bad. That was. What's wrong with Twilight? I think um, I don't know. I think it's agreeing it's, with it's you. One of those ones, man. You know, that's, that's yeah. not a tearjerker. No, it's no. God, I, uh, I, I cried when Emeril Lagasse's show got canceled. <laughs> dude, I was dude, a, a guy that ruined his career altogether. I'm going to go from the Food yes. Network that he owns, and I'm going to go try and make it on a commercial. He had no appeal. He had the band. He was like the Johnny Carson of the Food Network. My yes, wife and I would lay in bed and watch that fucker. And he owned it, and then he ruined it. That's the BAM guy, right? Yeah, that's the BAM yeah. guy. And then yeah. whatever his name came in and took over. Bourdain? No, but he's passed. Oh, he's oh no. Guy. Right now, the hottest dude on Food Channel is like Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. Bobby, Bobby Flay. Dude, yeah. he could have been Bobby Flay. You know yeah. that. Actually, I take it back. Bourdain documentary. That was probably the last time. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that was that's amazing. Up, that's killer. Yeah. Don't, really don't tell me. Don't tell me how it ends. Go watch it. That's a New York guy. I know. I like him. Yeah. He's yeah. A good oh, team. I love that guy. He's a good Absolutely. Team. I'm from the East Coast if you haven't figured it out. So that's, I'm a Jersey guy. <laughs> Oh okay, you're um I I always forget his name, but the uh the pizza guy, Barstool, Dave Portnoy. Oh Portnoy, he's a pizza Dave. king. Yeah, but he's man, a, he's I, I just Boston. love when he comes out of the front door with a yes. piece of pizza. <laughs> well, I mean, he is like, are, do you guys see the, the frozen pizza? Dude, I was just yeah. gonna say this. September twenty eighth. One what? bite, one bite. He's got like eight times of fucking pizza, and he did like his one bite thing with his frozen pizza. Yeah, hilarious. It's like, it's like a hilarious infomercial. What do I give it? A ten. Yeah. I'm biased. I give it a ten. And I'm he's like, never. Give, he's like a super hard scorer, yeah. right? So he's Wait, never he was given. A, was a frozen pizza? Yeah, he's got yeah, his so own Barstool. frozen pizza called One Bite. Wait, yep. his own frozen pizza? Like his own yes. line of his frozen pizza? His own line, yes, going to be it. And yep. every, every Walmart, oh, September really? 28th. What? Dude, that guy, talk I mean, about a freaking marketing genius. That guy, he is a medium, like, mogul. Like, he, oh, he, he, can, yeah. he can get in front of anything that anything in pop culture, become yep. the face of it, and yep. then just run with it. But he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna eventually buy a professional uh, some sports team. I don't That's know. his goal. Yeah, I know. And it's going to mm -hmm. happen. There's yeah. no doubt about For it. For sure. Yeah. Patrick, you know where we're speaking of? You know, Dave Portney, Barstool Sports yep, yep. with this pizza. Oh, oh yeah. man. But uh, yeah. I know all this. That's where I'm from. One so bite, everybody like, knows the rules. Yeah. He's got a great app. We use He's got, there's a, there's a, the one bite app, if you guys have used it, where people go and review their pizza places local and score them and do videos and stuff. So you, it's actually a pretty good app. Like when we go to a new uh, like city or something when yeah. we're traveling. If we're looking for pizza, I go right to that app because all really? of the yeah. it's got his scores on it. But man, there are some classic. This is the number one I want to go try in New York. Maybe John's on Bleecker Street. That has the highest rating from him. Really? Yeah. That's down in yeah. the village, and that's what I've heard. I wouldn't mind trying that. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, when I travel, we go to what's this? Swipe left. What the what the hell is it? Um, uh, <laughs> you're talking about um. Swipe left. Uh, the right left. A uh, Tinder. Swipe Tinder. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not true, Patrick. I, I'm very faithfully married. <laughs> if you say so, buddy. Oh, I'm not dream, worried about that. Now, dream. is it a pizza tinder? 
pizza and Tinder. Dude, I think we just came up with something. Oh, man, pizza and Tinder. That's Swipe amazing. right and left on pizza pizza spots. Yes. I'm thinking we should do it. That's fantastic. I'm actually, actually, I'm, write that I'm down, Billy. Write this down, Write Patrick. that down. Pizza, pizza Tinder. Tinder. You actually just Papa got John's. equity nope. in, a, in a company, too, called Slice. That's pretty cool. That's like when you go and you order pizza from these different places now, from like Grubhub and, yeah. and like Postmates and all those Uber Eats. It's hard from these pizza, like small pizza places because they take so much of the, you know, you have to buy a whole pizza. And so basically there's this new app, it's called Slice and he's got equity in it. It's a pizza delivery app that specializes in like, not like the Domino's and like Papa John's, but like the mom and pop shops. Nice. And it's just taken off too. People are downloading it and. I mean, he just, anything he gets Anything behind. he touches, yeah. Uh, but it's crazy. I mean, with COVID and everything, everyone's order. Well, again, we know ordering in or having it delivered and whatnot. I was just, I went to Mass on Sunday. I went down to that uh, uh, Thai joint or whatever the hell. Dude, the amount of food that they were making going out the door, it was absolutely insane. I'm like, holy fuck. So yeah. what everybody wants to know is, were you stoned before Mass? No. Uh, yes, you uh, right after. I was You got stoned. The second after. The second uh, after. I was not. Last little bit on this before we move on. Have you guys seen this Republic Kitchen concept idea? They have one there at Scottsdale and Shea. It's like a pop-up? So it's like they they got this commercial space, and they bring in like nine restaurants in it. Like Grimaldi's is in there. Pita Jungle's. Yeah. So it's like, and there's no sitting area. Like there's no dining area. It's all of these, like it's a small version of each of these restaurants and it's all yeah. just takeout. Wow. So like you Good order idea. and you can go and pick it up or have it delivered. But so it's all these different restaurants you can choose from at one place. So it's like a, like a Uber Eats like hub. Oh, okay. Man. Patrick, can you make pizza? Yes, I can. Well, I think we need to go to Patrick's for pizza. I made English. I'm trying to get a. Um, I'm trying to do a, a my own pizza oven. Wow. Um, I I saw the YouTube's on how to use the exercise ball and make a dome and huh. all of that. Oh, it's like mold. So I'm trying to do that, but right now I have a um, like a barbecue pizza top oven thing. Sure. Um, it's got. You just turn the barbecue on high. You wow. place this on it. It's got the pizza stone. Um, but, you know, we're healthy here, so we've been trying to do um, some healthy uh, pizzas. Sure. There's a egg, there's an egg white uh, crust one that's really good, breakfast pizza. You know, we just, you know, I got a, I got a nice backyard, and I like to cook in the backyard. And, um, is, is it bad that I yeah. never ordered egg whites and or a salad at a restaurant in my life? You've ordered a salad. <laughs> no, a fuck salad. no. If it's included, a starter? If, they, if it's included in the meal, I will get the salad. But no. But you eat not it? by itself. Yeah, I'll eat it. Yeah, I'll eat it. No, but am I going to order? I'll give me the salad. No. Oh, oh the steak. Oh, my God. We had this grilled wedge salad the other <laughs> That's night. That's horrible. It was oh, amazing. Where? It was amazing. Where? Um, where? where were we at? I gotta me, think about this. We go out to eat way too much. Let me go so on it's Facebook. Hard to, go on I Facebook. Megan on Facebook. Look at, look at Megan's Paul and Megan, that. and yeah. you know all their meals. Yeah, exactly. No, you know what? I was up in Pine, as a matter of fact, at the Weekender oh, up really? in Pine. Really? Yeah, this place has got great food. It was a grilled wedge salad. You know, oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I love food way too much. So, anyways, we're, well, if we're, we're on the food thing. I'm gonna do a little. You know uh, one more. A little plug. Yeah. If you guys don't mind. For sure. Um. 
since we've been talking about curling and uh, family and all that, yep. um, Andy is one of the sushi chefs at the Smoking Fins. Is she really? Your choice. Yeah. Wow. What was the name of that? that? Smoking what? Smoking Fins. Smoking Fins. Smoking Fins, right? Smoking Fins. Smoking Fins, yeah. yeah. No kidding. So it's like, uh, is that something that might end up being a career choice for her is to go down the, the food yes. and beverage route? Yeah. She She's in the... And the food, nutrition, sports, uh, nutrition stuff at ASU. Good for her. That's awesome. I did not know that. So, Patrick, uh, back to curling. I know we got a little off subject here. Have I've been? Uh, I worked for a company for many, many years out of Minnesota. Hence my ice fishing experiences and all that. So I've been to the curling club in St. Paul, Minnesota, which I understand. I've been to that curling club. Is, is it, well, I have friends that are actually members there. Really? So. Uh, I've been in there and up on the second floor, yeah, and you can yeah, see all the action. School. Have you have you been up there, partner, uh, up in St. Paul? Yes, to that, I have. Uh, facility, great facility, man. Great restaurants, by the way, uh, in a neighborhood. Right. Oh yeah, it's such one a cool of the, area. Um, yeah. One of the cool things. Not, I don't know if it's cool, but one of the facts about the St. Paul Curling Club is is that it's one of the largest curling clubs in the U.S. member wise. Wow. And it's um, a nonprofit, and it is not part of the USCA. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Crazy. Yep. But they train there. I, I understand. The, maybe the girls I don't know if they do anymore. As as far as I oh no, the, they the U.S. team the trained at um, at Four Seasons in Blaine. Uh, Blaine. And now they're over in Chaska. But the actual St. Paul Curling Club is one of the oldest curling clubs. Oh, interesting. As yeah. well as it's not part of that. And yes, I have gotten out of my chair and I've dragged my chair up the stairs. Oh my and god! And I've been upstairs. Yeah, it's such a cool, cool setting, no doubt about it. You almost feel like you're in like, well, it is like a historical landmark, you know, basically, as far as curling. I went there for the, uh, I'm sure, Patrick, you've heard of this one, the International Yep, that they have there. And it's just a freaking drunk fest for like four days. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Probably, uh, probably the most fun I've ever had going to a uh, going to an event or a bonds field. Um, okay, let's move on here just a little bit. So let's, I mean, I'm curious. I, mean, there's, I, I love to ask people about like, leadership for example like what what's your definition of of leadership and what are the qualities of a good leader um that's a tough one um because you know everybody using curling as a as an example sure um uh, everybody thinks that um the skip is the leader um it's not i think um God, it, I think to be a good leader, um, you got to realize that it's not your job to tell people um, the answers. It's your job to help them find their answers mm. um, and help them see what's inside of them. Uh, um, you know, I mean, as a great leader, somebody that's barking at somebody and yelling at them, yeah. no. I don't think so. I, I think it's you, you got to do something uh, to help that person find something. But you're you're, you're a military. Within. But you're a military guy, and yes. again, I, I was not military. My dad was military. I have family that's military, so I was kind of brought up, you know, with the, uh, you know, how it how it was in the army where my dad was, and. You know, I'm just... You, you kind of raised you with an iron fist a little bit, right? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There you was, told me a couple uh, stories. Yeah. There's just a certain... This is the way it's done, and and that's that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, 
I forgot where. Can I have that bottle of wine, please? <laughs> That's leadership. Oh, did you guys hear that? That was leadership. <laughs> yeah, that is leadership. So, uh, but uh, I think uh, being a, a a great leader, I, I think you have to listen. I think listening, and then empowering. Is, empowering is huge. Em- yeah. Empowering. I mean, I, I, I again, I'm not the one who I've heard this and that the greatest leaders or the greatest managers. I'm in, uh, I'm in trucking, I'm in sales, but I'm in management and you know, you, 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 you manage your way through management, but uh, the greatest management, you know, the president surrounds himself with the best of the best and you trust in them to mm-hmm. do what they're going to do. Delegate. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, Ooh. Patrick, the, uh, Talk about the American 300 and, and you know, the how rewarding, um, you know, being involved with that organization is for you. Um, I got asked, can you pour that, please? Sorry. It's delegation. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> American 300 um, approached me a handful of years ago. Um, and Robbie Powers, the guy that runs it, um, was the ski coach and ex-Marine and all of that. Um, thank you, babe. And um, believe it or not, um, suicide is one of the major uh, deaths of U.S. soldiers here in, in the U.S. based. Um, it's more here than overseas. And so is what we would do is we'd just go to Air Force bases. Uh, and for some reason, Air Force uh, personnel um, the numbers with them are higher than any other um, branch. Hmm. So we would go and um, just, I've been to name the Air Force Base. I, I go all over the place. Wow. Um, but it's just, you know, they have these um, airmen that just can't cope. They have marital problems. I mean, just name the problem. And hmm. so we would go and talk about adversity and perseverance and, um, making sure that you have a good support staff. Um, and I think that that's one thing that, um, I think most people need to know, um, that it it happens. Um, I was up at, uh, uh, Minot air force base and in January, great 40 below North Dakota Um, folks. Yep. Oh yeah. It was cold. And, um, there was one airman that um, tried it once and they were getting them back on track, getting them positive and stuff. And they told him about that. I was going to, you know, looking forward to meeting them and stuff like that. And he got all excited. And then the day that I was supposed to meet him, um, he never showed up. Mm. And I was told that um, he, he was successful in his suicide. Oh, wow. oh my um, So I never got to meet him. That's horrible. Um, but yeah, it, it's amazing on how the mental aspect of um, of our airmen, our army, uh, name the branch. Mm. Um, it is. It's stressful. It, it takes it out on you. You know, the especially with the ones that are overseas that have been deployed for years. Um, I mean, you see it on um, the news all the time. You know, somebody was. Uh, deployed in Korea. I just saw one the other day. He was in Korea for like three years and I've been to Korea. I know that you got vacation, you got 
weeks off if you save them up and stuff like that. Um, but when he showed up at his daughter's school, um, it was just heart wrenching. It was amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, to, to know that our service people go through so much mentally, um, it, we need to do something for them. No question. Um, uh, so, you know, so I just been working with them a lot and we go all over. Um, we've done El Salvador, um, and, um, d- just name the country we've been, we've been doing it. God bless you, man. I mean, making a difference. There's no doubt about it. And like, you're like the, the perfect person to, you know, have these conversations with these guys. So that's, that's amazing. Inspirational. Absolutely. No question. Um, couple thought provoking questions here. Um, you're welcome to, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But I, I'm just curious, like what, what, what would you say has been your biggest success to date? And I mean, you've got a long list of them. There's no doubt about it, but what, what really stands you out know, for you? Um, that's a troublesome question. You can get in trouble in answering this. If he doesn't say his wife, doesn't say his kids. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm going to take family off the table. Okay. Patrick to make life a little bit oh, easier man, for you. you can't okay. Take- you can't take. That I know, off the table. but um, what are you gonna do? You gonna say I'm my beautiful bride? You know, uh, Carrie. Are you gonna say to kids? You, you can't put one before the other. You're gonna get in trouble. Well, I think that that. Um... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm right, take, I'm no, sorry. no, no. It's okay because if you take the family off the thing, I mean, you got to remember, I I did whatever I wanted. Um, growing up, God, I surfed, played soccer, raced dirt bikes, um, and I was one of those kids that understood the school system hmm. the first semester or the first quarter was nothing second quarter was all all the beans dude that's third me, quarter man. was nothing you <laughs> dude, know, for, it was, it so, was easy right it was easy to get a's it was because the first quarter was like socializing hmm. doing whatever i wanted to do d's and f's that was my and then i buckled down and get all my a's, a's and, and then f's. i was i was a, i was a c student in the second and fourth quarter, man. No, I think you going to give me your A's. I was like, I'm like you. No, I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to come um, home with A's. Or dad B's. would have had you straight dude, up. Dude, if I came out with a B, it, it was a fucking issue. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. You wanted, oh, wow. you wanted perfection. Yeah. No, my, my parents were, you know what? They're if you hippies. get season better, you can have whatever you want. My parents so every couple years, I could get too. a new dirt bike and, you know, and just do that. So Patrick, um, Patrick knew how to work the system. Dude, he's a gamer. Yep. Oh, hell yeah, I did. Yep. Um, all right. Without, without the, the, the wife and the kids, man, my biggest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to say, um, and you know, I'm not even going to say the Paralympics. I mean that was pretty fucking cool. Thank you. But um, but I would have to say that um, when I busted my ass off um, in golf, and um, I just wanted to, I wanted to be. I knew I wasn't going to get a green jacket. I knew I wasn't going to get a U.S. Open. But the U.S. Open is for amateurs, mm. and all I wanted to do. Um, was wake up Friday and knew that I was going to play. So I busted my ass off. I got my 1.2 handicap. Um, wow. I golfed six days a week. Um, I went to 
I went to club making school. I'm a, I've been a professional club builder for 23 years now. Hmm. Um, and we came up with a set of clubs and, um, I had a, I hate to say it, but I had a happy Gilmore, John Bailey swing and hitting 358. Um, and then the Canadian tour came down to, uh, Sacramento and they had that Monday qualifier. Uh. And, um, how long ago is this? How many years ago? Hole. I'm sorry. I don't, how many years ago is this? Not 17. Okay. So fairly, four uh, years ago. For this event. Yes. For this event was 17 because my daughter was two. Um, they came down to Northern California and I got um, one of the fancy single rider golf carts. Mm. Um, and I got my handicap to 1.2 and I signed up. And on the fifth hole, um, I was stuck behind a tree and, you see all those highlights of Mickelson and Woods behind the trees trying to punch them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a tree and <laughs> my hand went one way and the club went the other. And oh, um, I broke my thumb <laughs> and it was like, you know what? All right. Well, I don't think I'm going to qualify, but I ain't fucking finishing this. This is bullshit. Yeah. And then my caddy was like, dude, are you kidding? Just finish it. You puss. I was like, all right. Let's finish it. Um, and I started thinking about it. All the, you know, Davis loved the thirds, the, um, cause he backed out of a weekend. He made the weekend at the U S open and he backed out because of small back spasms. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Screw that. I'm going to finish this bitch out. Um, so whole six to 18, uh, with a broken thumb, uh, I shot, uh, a 105 wow. and uh they said that the other guys that we were in the foursome that were playing were like dude you did gallantly and you shouldn't have to turn this in yeah i said dude fuck that i i played you know <laughs> 16 holes with a broken thumb yeah. um i'm good i'm proud of a 105 Heck yeah. and i turned it in Heck yeah. um but end result was is that i was the first wheelchair golfer um to play in a pga event Wow. qualifier that's awesome man i'm crying talk about there you go <laughs> i got tears talk about uh you know the whole Jake, resilience tears, thing man. yeah that is tears. so cool there's nicholas sparks and now patrick <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome i love you man no doubt all right here's another fun question here um what what question would you most like to know the answer to if there was one question you could get the answer to what would it be these are thought provoking. Dude, I put they a lot are. of money on something. <laughs> um, honestly, I this is this is that I, I've thought about quite a bit. And I and I think I might have the answer. I'm not sure. But I want to know what's up with the hot dog and bun ratio at the store. Oh that always, always, always. I'd like to know if the Dodgers are gonna score more than five and a half runs tonight. Oh yeah, we should look but at that. Wait, how do you get a half a run? In we should baseball? look at that. We we don't need them to score a half a run. We just want them to score more than five and a half runs, or at least okay. five. At least five. At least. <laughs> are they? They're as bad as the D backs, right? No, they're no. good. The Dodgers are very. They're the defending champions, but they're playing the crappy D backs tonight. D backs suck. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Not um, much of a baseball person. What's the um, 
It's a side joke. Here's a good one here. What's the one thing you would do if it would be impossible to fail? These questions are amazing. I'm so I'm patting myself on the back for do, coming do, up with uh, these. Do you like resource these or does you, no. you, you, you making these up? I'm a, yes. Get out of here. You don't get, there's not a website with these deep questions. No, of course not. I, I, I know. <laughs> if, if you came up with these questions, I'm impressed. He's full of shit. Um, if it, <laughs> it was impossible to fail. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think um, failing's an option. Um, you learn not, every day. It's not an option. It's good. It's um, a good response right there. Impossible to fail. You know what I want to do that that could be impossible though, hmm. um, is to to make the perfect set of shoestring onion rings and seared scallops for Carrie. The reason why I say that is because when we first started dating in our first apartment, I did that. And I have not been able to oh. recreate that in 24 years. But oh you got gosh. lucky. You got lucky after, right? <laughs> oh, it was so lucky. Was so <laughs> no, lucky. I mean, you got lucky, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't lucky cook it. It's just like, you're boom, done. And then, and then boom, done. I'm done. <laughs> Oh man! Here, here's the last. Well, I got I got two more for you. First of all, so what are you okay. right now? Like, what what are you most excited about? Um, what am I most excited about? Um, I would say the most thing, the biggest thing that I'm excited about is making sure that mixed doubles wheelchair um, is solidified in the 2026 games. It doesn't matter if I'm on the team. I just want to know that I mm. helped and I pushed it and it got through. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, is it, is it trending that way? I mean, are, are there some doubts in your mind that that might not happen? Um, no. I mean, Kate Kateness, the, the president of the WCF, um, uh, she, she's got so much pull. She's an amazing woman, um, but she's got so much pull with the IOC and the IPC. And it's when, when curling wanted mixed doubles, she went to the IOC and said, we need to do this. Huh. And literally the IOC went, okay. Wow. And that's how mixed doubles got into the Olympics. Oh, wow. Um, so she did the same thing with mixed doubles for a wheelchair we haven't even had a world championship yet, but because of what myself and Anton, the coach of the Russian team, uh, proposed and did and worked hard and push, 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 um, it's in the 2026 cycle. And we haven't even had a world championship yet. Oh, wow. So I'm just busting my butt on, on doing that. I don't have to be um, on the team. I would like to be on the team. Um, but it's going to be a play down system. And, you know, if my partner and I, uh, Penny, uh, pull it off. Great. If not, then, um, may the better team go. For sure. That's the right attitude and perspective right there. Do you still talk to uh, Steve Empt on a regular basis? No, not on a regular basis. They're, they're working hard on, um, when I left and that was a, that was really hard. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a good dude. He he he's a good dude. But when I left, um, I, I w- would have rather have um, left on my own terms versus uh, letting the team know that uh, I came down with cancer and I couldn't play anymore. Mm. Um, but uh, they got a good squad. They've got a lot of uh, a long road ahead of them. Um, they got relegated. They got last in 2018, and then they got relegated to Worlds B the following year, and it took them two years to get back out of it. Um, so congrats to that. They got a gold at Worlds B, um, and now uh, they got uh, Worlds in uh, Beijing in two, two and a half months. Um, and they have to finish, I think they have to finish 10th or better. Uh, and that'll solidify them into the Paralympics. Paralympics, right. We didn't even touch on the fact that she battled and defeated cancer. That was, what, 2017-ish, somewhere around there, if I remember right? Wow. June of 2016. 2016. I have to interject, yeah. though. I have to go to the boys' room. Okay, you go. And ahead. I don't know if Patrick's going to be back, but Patrick... Great to talk well, with the, you. The good thing I is, challenge is that you I'm to on cornhole. my phone. I play there. cornhole at the yard. Oh, there you go. You mean at the yard on Seventh Street? Drinks are on me. Okay. And we'll do a. But I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Maybe you're back. You're still here when I get back. But I did want to say, <laughs> Bonner, drinks are on me. Cornhole at Seventh Street. I'm going to yard. the bathroom. I'm right sure now. Kent will come along as well. <laughs> I'm buying the drinks. I gotta go pee though. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. Excuse me. Oh, man. When you get like 56 years old. Neighbor Billy, did you, you know, there, there's um, there's medication for this, you know. I know. I gotta take There's probably a procedure, too. Why are you walking all hunched over? Oh, my goodness. Patrick, so last question, I promise. Um, and this is a question that we ask every single one of our guests. Um, do you have a mantra that you live by? Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I mean, about I, grandpa. I, that grandpa one is <laughs> positivity generates. I'm gonna. That's that's amazing. I love that one. Um, if you guys check out YouTube, mm-hmm. check out the greatest sports speech ever. I'm writing it down right now. Okay, it's, it's six minutes twelve seconds. Mm-hmm. of um just awesomeness and i listened to it when i was competing um all the way back 2009 10 11 12 13 14 all of them um they're uh it's just i would listen to it every day wow sometimes more than one a day um and it's something that you just have to to do Nobody's going to outwork you. You have talent, but if you have more work ethics, that takes care of everything. Um, so there's 86,400 seconds in a day, and I use them uh, all, even when I'm sleeping, because all I do is, well, I have, you know, sex dreams. So I'm still <laughs> burning energy. You're burning calories, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but there, there's one, there, there's one saying in it. 
um, that still gets me. Um, and it's, if there is no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. Huh. I love that. Love that. I'm definitely going to check that out. What was it again? If there's no enemy within. If there is no enemy within. Yep. The enemy outside can do can us do, no harm. Can do us no harm. Yep. yep. I love that one. So it sounds like, um, like, do, do you like, do you like to watch or read, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, motivational or, or self-help? Oh yeah. Yeah. The mind gym, um, finding yeah. your zone. Um, yeah. I, I, John Madden's book, badass fuckers. I, I mean, I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, uh, the whole, uh, Sun Tzu thing? Yeah. I try to read what I can. Um, but it is, it's, it's mental. If you beat yourself up, um, you know, and you don't understand that you're never going to win everything. Cause if you're afraid of failure, mm -hmm. then you'll never succeed. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure from a coaching perspective, I have to believe that you, you know, have played a, a huge role as far as that goes with, with Andy and her curling career. Has she bought into this as well? Yeah, she has. Yeah. That's and awesome. she knows, and she sees, she sees me. She knows that, that, you know, you're never gonna, um, never gonna win everything. Yeah. Um, and when you're on a four person team, um, if one, has a bad day. Yep. Um, then, you know, it affects the whole team. Sure. So, it, and I've had that experience. So, sure. um, but those are, uh, other stories. Yeah. That's the beauty of curling, right? Or a team sport like that for sure. Yep. Yep. Takes everybody. No doubt about it. All right. Um, I don't have anything else or anything else. Hey, Patrick? he's back. Do you feel better? He made back. Dude, it's nice getting old, let me tell you. You know what? We just need to have like a we need to have a bucket in here. Dude, I would have <laughs> the first piece I took. I would fill a gallon bucket. <laughs> oh, it would be like a five gallon bucket. It was bucket. like the best piss I took ever. <laughs> I was like, oh. That was me last night when we recorded. It was crazy. <laughs> Is there anything else, Patrick, that you might want to talk about or get out there? Patrick, let's exchange, you know emails and honestly digits exchange digits yeah digits is that what they say that's what now? you said last time you were trying I said to get yeah. who was yeah. that that I was hitting on oh i don't know did <laughs> you're <laughs> happily married remember you just told us jessica <laughs> no nah, I, was, I was trying to hook jessica out of my son <clears throat> yeah for sure anything else patrick you want to talk about <laughs> um no i mean it, i mean thank you guys for letting me um have this time with you guys and it's been great. You know, just, just get out there and do you, you know, love it. And if it's, if it's not fun, don't do it. Yep. Agreed. Hunter. And, and that goes for work too. Would you agree? Oh, it's every aspect of life. Every aspect of life. Totally agree with that. Yeah. So, all right. You know, if your kids aren't fun, make them move out. Yeah. <laughs> or go to college. They never <laughs> go, go away. College. They <laughs> never <laughs> go away. Trust me. They never go away. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Make your inner circle as strong <laughs> as yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks again for being here, Patrick. I hope to see you soon, whether it be the curling club or playing cornhole or something. Yeah, so just gonna... let me know when you guys want to go down to 7th Street and do some. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. Why is it called cornhole? 
I have no idea. Oh, I don't know. Nobody wants corn in their hole. I thought, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I live by Melrose Place. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I could tell you stories. Holy crap. I lived on the station on Central, which I never knew. I was on 3rd Avenue yeah. along Indian School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived on, yeah. I got to behave. I don't want to get in trouble with, you know, my minions. Sensitive. But, uh, so I was on the back pool Sunday morning. Honestly, I wake up at like 10 a.m. And that pool wasn't heated. And there'd be 18 dudes with Beyonce playing. And one bathing suit couldn't be tighter than the other. And they pull them <laughs> up just to inch it up. And I was like, I'm going to put it like, I'm just going to put like a, it's the most unbelievable. You got to see it to believe it. But they party like rock stars on Sunday afternoon. Interesting. I love the gays. I party with them. <laughs> I, I don't do the tidy, you know, spandex thing, but I go out there. They party like rock stars. They drink you under the table, Patrick, on a Sunday yeah, afternoon. No, well, they're nuts. Is that like an open invitation to hang out and uh, with it? Um, or, do you, or do you have to be like a resident there or something? No, we could go there. Let's go. We're going we're gonna to do cornhole on Sunday early Wait, on. on First of all, you got to get stoned, go to mass, then do cornhole. Then we, did, then we go to lunch. This we got to lunch. This is a perfect Sunday. We go to lunch. Wait, you, you've mentioned getting stoned more than once. I'm, I might. Dude, it's legal. It's, it's part of the lifestyle, right? I know it's legal, but okay, here's, a, here's my last question. Um, what do you guys think about edibles? And the reason why I'm asking is because uh, my father-in-law had a major heart attack. Mm. Um, and uh, thought that he was okay, cracked his chest. Jeez. Complete open thing. But he's been smoking weed since, like, Vietnam. Yeah. He smokes it like cigarettes. It's it's ridiculous. So smoking is going to kill him. So Carrie went to their house to take care of him, mm -hmm. and I said, ransack the house and bring all the weed home. And I'll cook with it, and then we'll go back um, to double check on them, yep. and I'll bring it off. So, um, being the foodie slash chef that I am, um, dude, oh my god, weed etiquette TV show, Bong Appetit. Yes, um, I've seen many 50 times. Episodes. Yes, I have seen every episode like five times each. I bought <laughs> books. I don't. I taught myself how to uh, make things. So, thoughts on this? Uh, I'm all in favor of it. I'm saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When, when's dinner? Okay. I, I don't. Right, but I right. don't. But see, that's the thing, though. I, I tried to make them things to incorporate into dinner. Yeah. So, I just, just didn't eat gummies. I, I didn't do brownies. Yeah. I actually made um, the green dragon. Mm. I've made salts, I've made sugars, I've made brown sugars, I've made dry rubs, I've made mm -hmm. mustards, I've made mayonnaise, I made butter. Wow. I've butter. One of my friends in vinegar. Minnesota and he eats, he tells me, and I love him. Yeah. He's he's, he's like 67. Yeah. He eats the fucking butter. He has the like THC butter. Yeah, but he eats it. He does not put it on toast. He's not cooking That's with weird. it. He fucking eats it. I'm like, "Paulie, man, that's a one-way trip it." <laughs> to the fucking heart attacks, no, man. Yeah, but there's so much. Happening. Yeah, no. I I made a I made a bunch of stuff. Wow. Um, 
God, I made pickled beets. I made so jelly jam. Did, did you try it then? Are you trying it? No, I can't because I'm on Team USA. I just um, I wonder what the response to it is. Honestly, I, I mean, I never. You could be his uh, taste tester. I just wondered if you're cooking with it. Carrie's my taste tester. I gave mm. Carrie a um, a little. I made her a BLT um, with the brown sugar, maple bacon, um, with a little smear of the mayonnaise. A little smear. Yeah. A little. Oh, a smear. Yeah. And then the bacon, lettuce, tomato, and then I put a little smear of a blueberry compote on the other side of the bread. Dude, she didn't get off the couch for eight hours. <laughs> Dude. That is so awesome. Where are you in Northern California? No, you're in Madison, Wisconsin. No, he's here. No, dude. I'm right he here. Lives, he lives right down the street. What the hell are we? Dude. I got so, jars right I now. I could be over there in, in 15 minutes. How much weed do I need? <laughs> well, that's it. See, that's the thing, though. When Carrie came home from her mom and dad's house, it was like, just ransack the house and just bring all the weed home. We'll cook with she it. She brought home almost three ounces. And wow. so I just made that's all this a, stuff. That's a lot. That's awesome. That's, though. that's awesome. Good for grandpa. Well, if, if you, Good for grandpa. Three ounces of herb laying around, flour laying around the house. Oh, my God. It, uh-huh. it was, well, I finally started tasting it. I got some stuff that you guys might like. You oh. never know. Oh. I'm over here on Ray and 10. Dude, we'll talk save offline. it for Cornhole, <laughs> Cornhole Sunday. Dude, I'm more than open. Bring a little appy. <laughs> we can experiment with that beforehand. My game only gets better. Oh my god! All right, well, I just don't want this stuff to go bad. It's better. been about two months. It's gonna so. go bad. You, dude, we got to take advantage of this situation. What am I? Ta- what am I getting? You're getting his number after the show. All right, All right. dude, you're getting salad dressings, mayonnaise, mustards, oh my jams. God. I never ordered salad out. <laughs> yeah, we had that conversation. <laughs> I know, but- you, you can, really- dude, if you had this stuff, you'd eat a salad. Yeah, right. You can put it on your brats. I love brats. I know you do. Oh, no, there you go. All there right. I see you. Fellas, let's 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 wrap this one up and we'll talk offline. Sounds like there's some conversations Patrick. to be had. Patrick, Patrick the nails are killing me, man. I never got a pedicure, but we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> oh, that's a that, that, that like I said, that's a wife with a story. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. All right, man. Hey, thank you again, Patrick. This has been awesome. Um yeah, you know what? Let's do it again sometime. You up for that? Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. We'll talk about uh, edibles next time. Just a whole show about edibles. That'd be fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm in. All right. Perfect. All right, I'll tell you what. The next time we do it, I'll go ahead and make food. Yep. And we'll do it in the studio. Yep. And you guys can eat. And I'll drink some wine. Yep. And then you guys tell me later. I'll bring the wine for you. You do the rest. That'd All be right. fantastic. I'll get a couple you of That's like wine. ribs, right? Oh, my oh, God. Are you kidding yeah, me? I about it. No right, doubt about I, it. I, I made some really cool mustard. You know, have you ever seen people how they smear their ribs with mustard to yep. adhere the dry rub? Yep. Dude, I've got the mustard infused, the dry rub infused, the barbecue <laughs> sauce is infused. Oh Dude, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Dude, I infused vodka for some Moscow mule. No way. Dude, I do a veal marsala with magic mushrooms. Really? Oh, my God forgot about oh see there you guys go so next time you ask me if i want veal marcel i should probably think twice oh just eat it yeah probably all right guys let's put a bow on this one we'll talk after the show all right 
All right, man. Thank you again, Patrick. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening. And for your continued support, check out our friends of the program as many of them are offering promos. Monday, Monday. Exclusively for Geoholics listeners. Feel free to send us an email at info at if you have any suggested topics we'd like to be a on a future Monday show. Morning. With over 50,000 <laughs> listeners, we have an awesome platform to talk about whatever you're passionate about. As always, pay it forward. Add value Big makes friends. Until next time, everybody. Here it comes. Here Stay it comes. safe Big and healthy. Every other day, every, every other day, day, every other day of the week, of the week is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com, Mentoring Mondays, MentoringMondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, MonsonEngineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, NLCPrep.com, Parkland Community College, Parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, SafetyApparel.us, Tiger Supplies, TigerSupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, Geospatial.trimble.com.